0: Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We also help you get the word out via social media posts and high-quality branded videos, all customized for your business and content. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. On today's episode, we have Nathan Drager of Quantum PC to talk about local marketing in the trenches. He'll share with us the secrets to his successful rise from solo consultant to a well-established IT firm in three short years. Learn about his philosophy for hiring members, how content drives his marketing efforts, and what that all has to do with a chihuahua skeleton. (laughs) All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey, hey everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in the IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at ComputerBusinessMarketing.com.
1: You can also catch us on our live stream on Facebook every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed.
0: And as always, we love to see you in the live stream. It is an interactive, cool place to hang out. It's where all the cool kids are. So we'd love to uh, see you there. Cristobal's hanging out. John's hanging out. <laughs> John says we all need help. Yes, we do. We we are aware of that, and uh, everyone who listens to the show is complicit in our in our craziness. All right, guys. So the episode uh, the the topic of this episode is local marketing, um, and we've got a. Uh, person who has uh, marketed his business well because it's been growing very well, and his name is Nathan Drager, and he runs Quantum PC out of Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, uh, and uh, in a little bit, we're going to chat with him uh, and just you know, kind of pick his brain about what's been going on with his business, what's been working out well. Um, you know, I, I, I ac- actually subscribe to their newsletter, and I love what they do with their newsletter, so I'm going to talk a little bit about what they do there. And, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll cover all the the stuff that's been working for them. Uh, before we get into that though, just want to, um, see how, uh, my co-host Paco has been doing, how, what you've been up to Paco.
1: I think we lost Matt, but, uh, while we're uh, waiting for him to come back, uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. This is Paco LeBron. I run a, oh, there he goes. I'm back. All righty.
0: <laughs> I've always been here. I never left. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking
1: about. Just a couple, a little trick for uh, you guys there, uh, what you see, how we go with this live stream. Um, uh, but my name is Paco LeBron. I run uh, Prodigy Techs. We're an IT business here in the West Loop in downtown Chicago. And uh, essentially, the last couple of weeks have been interesting. I don't believe, I think with the timing of our shows, I hadn't talked about my car being in a car accident. So, Um, it's one of those where, uh, snow happened in Chicago. And as we all know, the Midwest loves the the snow that comes down and that's very sarcastic. We don't love the snow that comes down. So essentially roads were bad car kind of lost control. I had a parked car. So everything is, uh, everybody's fine. Everything is good. Um, but I was without my car for about 10 business days and it was such a drag not having my vehicle because of transporting Um, you know, transportation from back from my office to home to client sites. So I had to end up getting a little creative. Now, before you ask, hey, doesn't your insurance policy have rental coverage? I thought it did until I realized that it didn't. So it is now on there moving forward, but apparently during for this incident, it was not. So I had to be creative. So I started using my Lyft business account. Um, which those who know Lyft is the rideshare app, similar to Uber. Um, They're pretty good with small businesses, kind of creating a business account. Um, And the cool thing about Lyft is there's no real minimum requirement up front to join as a business account. So you can actually sign up for a business account and you could take as many rides as you want, and then you just pay the bill at the end of the month. So it's worked out really well for what I needed in the past, really leveraged that this time around. Um, and the cool thing is, it, uh, the more I use the business side, it opened up some rewards personally. So I was able to take some of my rides home a little bit cheaper than it should have been. right? Okay. Um, so that was a big drag for me uh, the last 10 days, as busy as we've been. And more excitingly, I am going to be training my new office manager on Monday when I get back from vacation this weekend. Nice. And we're going to go through um, basically a lot of the process, kind of how we do things. And the hope is two things. One, I can actually document my process as I'm explaining it. And then the second part, is, and I'm hoping to do that with the tool that Matt has talked about, which is Process
0: Street. Process Street. Yep.
1: Yeah. Process Street. Um, and even doing some recordings video-wise, just in case, you know, that may help us in the, in the near future, but also to maybe change some of the processes as well. Because I know that, you know, going from break-fix as a, uh, my offices were um, positioned as a computer repair shop and transitioned into IT support services, there's still that mix in my synchro system that has a lot of computer repair items that probably needed anymore and this is hopefully going to give me an opportunity to look at this more openly and especially now that I have somebody else looking at the same process and hopefully get the pro- the process line more streamed.
0: Yeah, one of the benefits of documenting a process for an employee is that it helps you actually streamline it for yourself as well. So it's even so I recommend even if you're not planning on hires, hiring somebody or you know using the process for someone else, still Great processes around the repeatable tasks in your business, and uh, number one, that helps you make sure that you know you have a process and you follow it, and you don't skip any steps. But it also helps you identify weak points or places where you can maybe automate some stuff or things that are that are that maybe you should be doing every time, but you don't, um, like sending a you know thank you email or something like that. And and so yeah, it's it's good to just kind of sit down and and you know work out exactly as if you were going to hand it off to someone. But you don't even necessarily need to do that, so that's always a good, um, good, uh, good kind of you know process to go through. Yep. Cool. So um, let's see. I haven't. Not too much has been going on with me, uh, so I don't really have anything new to report, uh, other than business as usual. So I will take this opportunity to remind you guys about the computer business marketing newsletter. Uh, that's a place where you can go to get tips and tricks on how to better uh, get the word out about your business. Every week we come out with a new uh, email newsletter that goes out to the subscribers with the latest. Um, uh, why can't I think of the word articles? <laughs> there we, I don't know. I couldn't think of that word articles uh, from across the web about marketing that would uh, benefit you as a computer business owner. Uh, also the latest podcast episode is in there. We've got a tip of the week every week and uh, some of the latest happenings in the Facebook uh, group for computer business marketing. So all of that every week in your inbox to keep you uh, you know, thinking of new things for your computer business marketing. Just head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com to sign up for that newsletter. All right, so I'm gonna do something a little different this week. Um, every now and then we have the Tech Site Builder question of the week where I ask Paco if he has any questions about his website that happens to be built on TechSite Builder. But uh, this week we actually happen to have another TechSite Builder user on the show, Nathan here. Um, So, hey Nate, do you have any uh, questions that you've been wondering about your TechSite Builder website.
2: Yeah, so for one, I've been using TechSite Builder for quite a long time now. Uh, I've known Matthew yeah. for a, for a while, uh, and he's helped me tremendously with my website over the years. And one of the questions I had, I also use Tech Reputation um, for um, asking my customers to leave me reviews and things like that. And I was asking if there was a planned integration where my reviews could just automatically post to my TechSite Builder website. That's yeah, my question.
0: And, uh, great question, <laughs> the tech reputation, uh, we had, uh, Ramey, the founder of tech reputation on, uh, maybe a year or a little over a year ago. And, um, and his service basically is a way for you to make sure that your customers are able to leave a review and that you funnel them to the particular review service you want them to leave a review. So it encourages your customers to leave a review. And then when they do it, then provides you a way to display those reviews. And so one of the uh, the features that we had been working on with Techsite Builder is to integrate that uh, display of the reviews that you have uh, that received through Tech Reputation and Nathan you'll be happy to know that that integration is live and uh, it's been it's been live for a while it's in the uh Techsite Builder dashboard um, there's a little integrations section in the menu uh, for Tech Reputation and all you got to do is insert um, your uh, I forget if it's username and password or or account number or something in there. Um, And then it gives you some ways that you can uh, integrate uh, the tech reputation um, uh, review list so that it'll kind of replace what you have for your, um, your uh, testimonials section in the website. So that way you don't have to worry about copying, pasting reviews from Google or Facebook or wherever it'll just aggregate them and display them straight on your website. Well, that's,
2: that's really awesome. Uh, kind of like a side question then, existing reviews, will those automatically um, migrate over or is it only... Okay, awesome.
0: Yep, so it'll, it'll kind of show it'll show a, a, like a feed almost of all of the, mm-hmm. the latest reviews going back to however far, like maybe the latest 10 or something like that.
2: Well, I'm gonna set it up and then uh, you'll have to check out my website again to see how it looks after they automatically populate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and that you know, I encourage everyone to do that. Whether you use uh, Tech Reputation, another tool, or just do it on your own, make sure you're you know you you continue to uh, highlight the good reviews you get from people on those different review platforms uh, because that really goes a long way in building trust. I think reviews are one of the the best ways to um, to show you know that your company is legitimate and does a good work um, because you know this day and age people are are doing their research and they're looking at these different review sites and, and, you know, looking to see uh, if you have any reviews, uh, if you don't have any reviews, they think maybe you haven't been around long enough to, you know, have done any decent work. And then, you know, they want to see that, uh, you know, the folks who, who have something to say, have something good to say. And that's what tech reputation kind of helps you do is it helps, you know, send the good reviews to the review sites. And if it's, if they're not quite happy, then it'll send them back to you. So you can, um, maybe help them, you know, figure out what, what went wrong. Cool. So, uh, if you guys want to, uh, take advantage of that integration with tech reputation, head on over to techsitebuilder.com and, uh, and get your website. It's quick and easy. Uh, you can get a website up and running in a, a very short amount of time and the website is effective. We do some SEO stuff to it. So it's ready to go and it's ready to do, uh, effective work for your computer business. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, the featured interview, which is with none other than Nathan Drager here. He is uh, the founder of Quantum PC. And uh, they, um, I'll, I'll kind of let him do the talking about what, uh, what the company does and, and what they've been up to. So, Nathan, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and let folks know what you guys do over at uh, Quantum PC?
2: Well, sure. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Nathan Drager. And uh, as Matt kind of said, I'm the founder of Quantum PC. Um, we're in small town Wisconsin. It's called Sturgeon Bay. Um, and a lot of people know it as Door County. It's a popular tourist destination in the Midwest. Um, and we primarily started as a computer repair facility, um, and I used to do the work kind of as a side job. I had a primary career, and I and I kind of did this in the evenings and the weekends and things, and was primarily focused on computer repair and upgrades and tune-ups and virus removal and solid-state drive upgrades and repairing broken screens, and I think what uh, we kind of call break-fix-type um, type work, and Um, That was how I started the business. I quit my full-time job three years ago and uh, went off by myself to have a computer repair store. Um, I quickly found myself really trying to serve customers' needs that extended beyond typical computer repair, um, helping with audio-visual stuff, uh, setting up home theaters, uh, fixing gaming consoles, uh, setting up home networking, small business networking, started to kind of get into more small business work, hired a technician and um, really started to, to branch out from general computer repair into business networking, security, audio visual, smart home automation, marketing, found a lot of little verticals that were a good fit for our community.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, you just kind of look for those opportunities where you can further serve your customers because we talk a lot about this on the show about how some of you know your best new customers are your existing customers, and is if you can give them a new service or fill you know a, a, a need that they have that you haven't been able to fill before, that's almost like you're getting a new customer, but it's super easy because you don't have to do any additional marketing or anything like that. They already trust you and like you, and especially in you know what some would consider a smaller uh, town, you know it, that that might not have you know be like a big metropolitan area where you have all these customers you've got to kind of you know continue to dig deeper with the existing customers you have and and form relationships and ongoing uh, work and stuff and so it sounds like that's that's something you've been doing pretty well so yeah um,
2: I, I think so <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh, so uh i wanted to have you on because you know um uh, I see a lot of computer repair business owners coming through TechSite Builder, and you know who listen to the show and stuff. And there's there's typically two types of of people I see. It's it's the the folks who who have established businesses, who are you know who've been around a while and and who are going strong, and and or you know have a comfortable business that hasn't really grown or shrunk in the last you know decade, and they're just kind of coasting along doing the same old thing. And then mm-hmm. uh, the other type of person I see are are folks who are just starting out, um, who you know. are are struggling and sometimes they fizzle out and then, you know, they, they end up don't not getting anywhere or they just continue to struggle and they don't, you know, break past a certain point. And then there's, there's, you know, unfortunately there's the rare uh, animal such as you and Paco who, you know, I, I got to know when you were first starting out and I've seen kind of skyrocket your business and grow and, you know, take some of the advice we talk about on the show and put it into practice and do some other great things. And it's really exciting to see, uh, see businesses grow as as quickly and as well as you guys have. So I love having folks like you on the show to kind of dig into what you've done to, to see that kind of success. So I, you know, I'm just going to throw this kind of general question out there and, and you can answer it however you want, but what do you attribute, um, you know, the growth of your company to, um, in general, is there any kind of one driving philosophy you have, or something you've tried to really been been conscious of as far as pushing your business forward?
2: Well, there's there's a couple aspects to it. Um, one of it is I, I spent a lot of time working at a job where I felt kind of underemployed, and I was really striving for um, to for more responsibility at the company, and and maybe at some day to have to be an executive or I. Um, so I spent a lot of time, um, kind of working in a factory line and, and kind of learning a lot about myself and what it meant to be a leader and leadership role and things like that. So when I entered into, into business and I started to hire employees, I, I kind of tried to apply that reverse of that philosophy and really empower my employees and give them access to every single tool we had. And, um, So Early on, when I first hired my first technician and just really treating them as a partner in the business, um, I think attributed to a lot of my growth in the first year. Um, Once I was able to have someone else that really treated the business as if he owned it even when I wasn't there and I could go out and, and out in the field and, and meet customers and do service work and, and meet new uh, and make new uh, connections and things. And I had someone that treated the business as if they owned it and they were there all the time. Um, and I kind of just scaled that as I added each employee. Um, they, they were treated as if they were an owner in the business and took ownership in the business. And it's allowed me to kind of in a way clone myself and, um, because I have lots of people that are are good replacements for me that uh, let me kind of kind of have my time to myself. Um,
0: that's really the key, right? is is when you hire folks, you you kind of want them to be able to replace you because that's kind of the point, right? When you get an employee, you want them to feel invested, like they're part of the company and that they're able to do the things that you can do just as well as you can do or hopefully even better. Um, That way, you know, you can step back and and do more of the, you know, the overview or the leadership or the running of the company. But also, just so that's something I hear a lot is, you know, I wish I could clone myself, or you know, I'm I'm frustrated in hiring because I can't clone myself, and and so to be able to, you know, find uh, help quickly, it seems like in the first year you were already uh, bringing on board uh, someone to to help you out with the business really helps uh, to to grow the business and. And giving them the power and the, the skin in the game to feel like you know, they're part of the team and part of the business uh, seems to go a long way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and in that first year, what, what worked really well for me, um, I, had, I had a technician that, that I spoke about and then um, Aaron also joined the company. So I, I had an, an office manager I had another technical authority that could speak in my presence as an expert um so so really that was our first core group was was myself who i was doing a lot almost almost all of my work was technical work i was working in the field a lot and Working directly with customers, I had uh, a second technician, Journey, who's still with me, Um, and then I had Aaron managing the office and and answering the phones and handling the admin things. And that was, uh, I think, that's a really good core group for growing computer business. Um, I think there's a big hurdle to overcome to go from a single person to to two people. I think uh, it's a smaller hurdle to get to that third person, but having two technical people where you can have one in the field and one in the shop at all times, and then having somebody uh, else that can uh, handle the customers. That's, that's when things really started to go into motion for us in our second year.
0: Nice. So So out of
1: curiosity, uh, just on the hiring aspect of it. um, So you hired a tech first and then uh, managed the office or did you hire? Okay, perfect. So how was that transition from the workload, uh, managing both the paperwork for you both?
2: Well, it was really just me managing all the paperwork in the beginning, and I was, you know, like they say, the chief everything officer, and I was handling all communications, I was handling all the invoicing, I was handling all the accounting, I was handling, I was working really crazy hours, like 7am to like 9pm, seven days a week, trying to catch up on everything on the back end, and I was letting my technician focus on Taking the laptops apart, putting the solid state drives in, learning the processes, building the processes with me. We we've really developed this over time. And and so he's he's developed a lot of these processes now too. But yeah, it was really awesome when I had an office manager. And I'd actually, if I could go back, I might fill that position first. But I was very lucky because Journey came to me looking for a free internship from the local college. And we were able to to get him kind of onboarded for free as an internship. We quickly found out that he was like, needed to be paid and that he was never going anywhere. So we were gonna pay him as fast as we could, but um, so I, I had an advantage there. Uh, we continue to hire interns all the time, every opportunity that we can get. And because we're one of the only local technology employers, we kind of can can be a little bit choosy and and get those interns that, that look like they're really promising. Um, so, yeah, the, the office person, once someone else was answering the phones and checking the email and, uh, you know, handling the money across the counter and, and bringing the checks to the bank and doing all of those things and, and me and my uh, partner could focus on technology that way, that was what really got us going in that second year.
0: Um, so so that, that's great. And that's, you know, that's kind of how you handled um, the workload and getting the work done and stuff. So the other side of the coin is, is getting that work in the first place. So what are some of the things that you you've done that you felt has contributed to being able to get steady clients coming through the door to be able to afford to hire these other folks in your business?
2: Yeah, well, early on, it was a lot of word of mouth. Um, I was doing computer repair as a side hustle for about three years and I had around 400 clients. And when I say 400 clients, that's like I fixed someone's computer once they were considered a client. So a lot of them were one repair, but some of them were recurring, coming back and getting new devices and things. And so I had a pretty good client base of like around 400 people and it was growing already just through word of mouth. I, and, you know, talking to my coworkers where I worked and tell, Hey, you know, if you want that cleaned up or whatever, I can handle that. And um, so, so a lot of word of mouth in the beginning Uh, when I quit my job and I I bought, or I rented a storefront. Um, So right away I put, you know, signs on the windows and I put a sign out and I, I I put my business address in Google and I put it on Facebook and um, you know, kind of started to, to have a local presence that way. Um, and I started to look at which were going to be the best ways for us to advertise. Um, in the beginning, I hired a marketing firm to help me with like Facebook and Instagram, a local company here called tweak. And they did a very good job. And I had a great kind of kickstart by, by using them for about a year, When I started with them, we had a really good account manager and we would like provide content and then they would write copy and post it for us and schedule it. Um, And that's kind of how we started getting into social media. Um, What happened is I was generating content so fast and I was starting to become like a a prolific content creator. (laughs) Uh, the marketing agency couldn't get it all fast enough. Wow. Um, and then we had our account manager was on like vacation. We had lapses in our ad spend and thing. And I'm a, I'm a very particular person when it comes to systems and standards. And um, I just made the decision at that point that it might be better to cut out the marketing firm because mm-hmm. I think I can actually deliver this product in in a a more, more personal to my voice than Mm -hmm. than having someone else do it. So I think it's great for somebody that doesn't have technical skill or technical background, but because I'm already a total nerd this way, (laughs) um, a lot of times I was like, Almost competitive in my mind watching what they would produce compared to what I thought I could produce, and I just decided I'm doing my own social. So, year three, where we're talking about now, um, you know, I had my core group, and we've started kind of growing in that second year. Um, I took over the social media, started posting multiple times a day on multiple platforms, going live a lot, like we're doing now, running a lot of videos, working really hard on my content, trying to put a little more polish on it, just trying to be like, influence everybody around me and collaborating with all kinds of business. And I just grinding as hard as I could every single day that way. And that's what got me into year three.
0: I I love, um, I love the way you kind of took the philosophy of how you started the business where you were grinding and doing the work and doing the paperwork and and going out and fixing stuff. And then now that you brought on a team to be able to take care of that, you were able to then go and take that same mentality towards your content production and producing content, putting it out on social media and just grinding on that. And, uh, and then, you know, pretty soon you'll probably be able to hand that off and then you could grind on something else. But, uh, yeah. but, you know c- content i think is is the key right is is just producing lots of you know super useful content and what i love about what you guys do is it's and i and i kind of got the feeling of this when you were just talking about you know hiring the firm was you know when you hire a company to do your marketing for you it can seem a little lifeless or you know not kind of fit your personality and it's hard to you know to do that unless you're doing it yourself and what i love about what i've seen from you is you know I, I see the live videos you guys do and it's just you know you and aaron sitting at a table you know chatting about what's going on the the newsletter you send out is you know what you and aaron and, and the other employees at the at the shop have been doing not only technically but also in the community and also you know just on your time off and it, it's a great kind of connection personal connection with you guys where um, I think that's missing in a lot of other computer businesses, where folks are afraid to kind of pull back the curtain and say, "Hey, this is us. This is the team. We're real people. We're just, you know, we're just like you. We go out for beers afterwards. We hang out at the at the fairground, and you know, we do all the stuff you do." And that really can create a great connection where people feel invested in your business. And I, I, I you know, I have a feeling that that played a big role in um, in your growth.
2: Well. I agree, and the truth is, it's easier to just be yourself in your right. content. Now, a lot of businesses don't like people to see that vulnerable side of them, or to to have a live feed get disrupted, or to see something, someone go ballistic, or uh, for something to just go terribly wrong, or to, to, like you said, open a beer but it sprays all over, or um, you know. So a lot of people are afraid to let their their kind of guard down for their business and let everyone see that they're vulnerable. And I think in fact that plays against a professional that uh you know people are already approaching IT people a little bit cautiously because a lot of times we're so smart and super uh sophisticated that we talk over their heads and it's a common problem in IT is people trying to just get right to the problem instead of working with the person. So I feel as an IT professional people see that I actually I'm just totally regular. Um, it, it gives them a little bit of comfort in knowing that okay, I could tell him about like my problem, and he's gonna treat it um, normally. You know, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, we saw that with you know we've had uh, some other folks on the show before. Patrick Palmer comes to mind. Dave Greenbaum comes to mind. Um, uh, Tara Gray, the the computer therapist, comes to mind. Where they they really have that connection and they're able to build kind of a business around that, that, you know, personal connection. And they're not afraid to, you know, just let their, their personality shine through. Cool. You know, so, I think
2: it could apply to a lot of other industries too. I, know, um, I talk yeah. about this a lot, like how personal we get and like our newsletter and the things we're talking about. And it's, I tell people all the time that, you know, maybe that's what I'm doing for my industry locally here, but like every other industry, professional or tourism related or manufacturing or agriculture, every other business has that same opportunity, but um, but there's a lot of apprehension uh, to get out of that comfort zone and to just go out there and grab it. So um, if you're in a market where you notice that it's perfect opportunity to take advantage, uh, does it take three years of like five hours a day of marketing that might be it. And it depends if your content is awesome. And if your content is awesome, it might be that much of a grind. If your content sucks, it might be forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you, you, you know, that's, that's part of the game of it too. Um,
0: so what, what uh, to you, what makes good content? What, what's the difference between good content and sucky content?
2: So I think, good content is unique and original. Um, I think that it's got enough that it's polished. It's, it's edited properly. Um, if it's video that, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not grainy, it's not the wrong speed. Um, so, you know, just kind of the basics for me, uh, I like like landscape video, Um, I don't like black bars on my video things. So just properly formatted video, good audio, good lighting. Um, And then relevant, you know, if it's Valentine's Day today, we made a Valentine's Day video. Uh, If it's epic snowfall earlier this week, we went live in the Jeep and we drove around through the snow. Um, Timely, relevant, up to date, consistent, constant, all the time, original. Now, that's easy to say. If you're turning a screwdriver and doing solid-state drive upgrades, how are you going to find time you know, to do that? Well, then you need to document what you're doing. Um, and if that's what you're doing, a solid-state drive all the day, then you should be making videos of that and trying to make content of that. Um, now, by starting with that philosophy, for me at one time, that's all we were doing was solid-state drive upgrades and malware removals but that was what our content was as time went on and i started to do more interesting stuff i already had a little bit of a fan base because i'd been showing them what i was doing and they were interested so when i got into cooler stuff um i already had people seeing it now with all that being said people starting today to create content right now um are at a little bit of a disadvantage i think uh facebook's metrics instagrams the the reach of a rid of Organic content now has changed a lot, and I do think it's pay to play um, in a lot of a lot of markets. Unless you're like so awesome at what you're doing, you're so viral. Um, otherwise, to reach a lot of your local customers, like on Facebook, Instagram, it's pay to play, um, and that's where I think I see you know everybody's moving to LinkedIn, where they can get past the gatekeeper. I think <laughs> right. is. The, uh,
0: how do you feel about um, having your customers be your friend, like on your personal Facebook? Because that's kind of a way around it, right? If you, if you yeah. get all your customers to you know, like your personal page and then you share stuff for your business on your personal page, they might see it.
2: Well, I'm selective. So if anyone's watching that sent me a friend request <laughs> that I haven't accepted, uh, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm somewhat selective there because... That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah, And
1: I I wouldn't be sorry either because I don't accept anybody I don't know from the podcast community. And I've told everyone that as well. You can connect with me on LinkedIn.
2: So there you go. So for me, I have a lot of clients that I've become really good friends with. And some of them were clients once, but friends forever. Other people I've been friends with a long time that now are clients and I'm really living my career. So I have a lot of professional friends and stuff like on Facebook. And I have a lot of clients that you know I'd like to be friends with outside of business and they send me a friend request and it's like yeah that's a good cool person and then um so because of that I stay out of all the drama and politics and um, anything polarizing on social media I've learned now um to be very careful of and that way <laughs> yeah. yeah. now before any of this business uh certainly got myself in trouble before and like kicked off. You know, I've, been, I've been in like Zuckerberg jail or whatever, you know,
0: and <laughs> right. uh, I've had some memes get revoked or whatever. Right. So uh, I don't do that anymore. Now, um, you talked about, you know, as you've grown and, and especially lately, you've been getting into doing more small business work. Um, that's a question that comes up a lot from our listeners is, you know, how do I crack that nut? I've been doing residential how do I start getting into small business? It's, you know, it seems like a different world. What what are some of the tips you have for folks on how to kind of break into more of the small business realm? Um
2: the the biggest thing that I probably learned is I was lacking some certainty when I would first go meet with businesses and I don't know how to tell someone to become certain of what they're doing before they have some experience. Um, it's much easier now that I can present myself as an authority on technology as a local expert. So okay. whatever it takes to race to that point for a person, whether it's certifications or going to college or starting to, to uh, build their skills uh, um, and cut their teeth on their own time before they go into the businesses, um, any business that 's looking to be efficient and to save money on i t or to have uh, you know whatever their goals might be is not looking for someone that 's coming into their first business to learn and um, unfortunately you 're not going to have those skills until you got some skin in the game um, so early on with me with sm- small businesses knew that I was a smaller business, and a lot of businesses weren 't comfortable putting all their security backups, uh, data in the hands of an inexperienced and one man, uh, computer store. Mm, Um, over time as my business grew and I became oftentimes larger than some of the clients I serve, um, we definitely command a new authority and it's a lot easier now. Uh, we also, we also use that, you know, it's, It's a fair comparison that a lot of our competitors are one man shows and that we do offer, uh, you know, three tiers of engineering and dedicated customer service person and um, 24 hour uh, emergency support and a lot of those things that one person just can't do. Hmm. On the other hand, there's a lot of clients that need really acute individual attention and want a small consultant that doesn't have a lot of clients so that they can always have somebody at their beckoning call an individual. So it can go both ways.
0: Yeah. I like, I like how you, you, you talk about kind of the confidence and uh, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of feeling confident that you could, you can handle whatever business situation might be thrown at you. And it sounds like, you know, a good way to get there is to have, you know, bigger team or some more people on your team that you can rely on, get some extra certifications, get some more knowledge around maybe business systems and, business processes especially if you didn't come from corporate IT and you don't have experience with that stuff and then once you do you know start reaching out to businesses and talking with them you know just have the confidence in your knowledge and and that you can take care of stuff for them and uh, that seems to to go a long way when you're you know trying to get in the door of those folks
1: Yeah I yeah. think the biggest piece on um, building credibility is you know improving your online presence and really having the confidence of who's the client you want right Um, perfect example, even though I've been in business for a while, we had a client that approached us who's literally across the street and they have about 70 people in total from my conversation. And for us, we've made it a specific, um, requirement that we only take 20 people or less because that's what we can support right now. And that was what was explained to the client. But the client understood us as a small business that, you know what, Hey, we understand we actually have only about twenty five people in the office, everyone's remote, but we don't really have a big requirement, so I think we could still work together, but I understand your limitations, so it's those type of things where being transparent, being honest can also help you get some of those bigger clients that you may be wanting on the other side too, really establishing that credibility and just being an all stand up person can get you a lot in the door more than you would think
0: yeah awesome um. So, uh, and before we uh, head off, um, any other you know uh, words of wisdom or, or advice that you have for folks, especially you know those who are listening, who you know are running a local you know repair shop and they're they're wanting to build a team or or, or grow their business, but they feel stuck.
2: Sure. Um, well, one other big aspect to my growth that I, I would like to touch on is um, we we take on like a lot of project work now that opens up a lot of doors for us and. You know, one of the things that happened is a lot of techie people, you know, I was like a computer repair person, but a lot of, I was finding a lot of people were looking for like uh, projects like Wi-Fi systems or security systems that required a lot of like cabling aspects and a lot of, I noticed a lot of computer repair business will sub that work out um, to a cabling company. Well, I, I have a friend that's in that industry and stuff, so we started having the conversation of, of partnering Instead of, instead of subbing them at each occurrence of, of building a business and partnering and, and going after these projects together. Um, so one big thing I've learned, and this was hard for me in the beginning when I was very competitive, but having the synergy – and swallowing your pride and working with another person that's better at what you, what you do or better at what they do and joining forces, even if it means giving up a share of your business or forming a partnership or something. But having a compromise with another person that's a pro, um, obviously there's compatibility and all kinds of business things that go along with this. But um, for me now in our third year, uh, I attribute almost all of our growth this year to being able to take on projects end to end. And being able to to you know if somebody's looking for access points, uh, and but they they need the structured cabling installed, um, and they want someone to support it long term and manage it by being able to cover each one of those aspects and not having to sub out the cabling, um, and, and connect those dots. It really makes you attractive to larger clients that are looking for one person to call if there's any issue with it. Not. Whose fault is this? Oh, that's a cabling issue. Well, we call the cabling guy. He says he tested it. It's an access point issue. Well, access, the Meraki guy says the access point's working. Uh, Maybe it's your issue. And then at the end of the day, everybody's coming to solve someone else's problem. So um, that's one big piece of advice for me is uh, if you can solve like that project, office moves, ads, changes, those types of things, uh, and add that vertical to a computer repair business, it opens up a lot of opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, and I can echo that because I can say that the last, what now, five months, um, being able to partner on a lot of those big projects that I normally would say no or I didn't have the right partner caused a lot of limitations. Now that I've built a great uh, partnership with another IT company that also does cabling, we've built that partnership where he's given me an ability to uh, subcontract his work, but it's actually as one its its own solution. So now I'm able to take on a lot of these jobs. He gets paid well, because I have a lot of the jobs coming in that I normally would say no. And we've built that partnership because he knows I'm serious about it. Um, This was through a partnership from another client or uh, another partner, um, Comcast, who my Comcast rep, uh, who I deal with a lot, introduced me to this person. And that's what ended up helping. So networking is always a great opportunity as well. Um, especially with like-minded IT businesses, slash other uh, avenues or other technologies or other services that are maybe local that can help you out.
2: Well, and that's honestly that's what's so great about this show and you guys and why I've been following you guys for years, and uh, as well as Jeff Hallish and his podcast. I've just i I've consumed as much of your guys' content over the years as I could while my business was changing and growing, and that whole philosophy of of us sticking together in our industry of computer repair professionals, IT professionals, website designers, all, all the technology trades uh, kind of sticking together and um, you know working together and referring customers to each other and being supportive of each other. Uh, it really helps and it really can uh, fast forward your progress in a business by working with someone that's already, already learned um, some of the painful lessons that we've all occurred, you know, that we've all felt over the years to to be able to mentor people and hand that down. And that helps us grow too as computer business owners to teach uh, the next generation kind of coming up because you can kind of learn from your flaws that way too.
0: Great. I I think that kind of puts a bow on on everything (laughs) and uh, wraps everything up. I have one final question. I think it's probably the most important question I'm going to ask you this entire interview. What's the deal with that skeleton behind you?
2: Oh uh well we have a chihuahua chewy that's not him though okay. that's not the chihuahua but uh i think it's cool i got it for halloween and i got lots of little toys and like knickknacks and and things so um yeah i've got uh i've got the little dog skeleton i've got three deer on the wall and i've oh, got wow. an, uh alligator head on my desk too <laughs> It's super nice. creepy in
0: here. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be there at night with the lights dimmed. <laughs> no, I don't even bring clients back
2: here because they're like, "Are you a taxidermist?" Or, um, <laughs> but hey, it's like, it's I'm a, I'm a Hunter and stuff, so it's normal around here, and right. you know, <laughs> um, I'm proud of it. So, well,
0: it, it contrasts nicely with the the mark, the colored markers, and everything you have over there on the table. Yeah. And, so there's a lot going on in that background. It's, it keeps, keeps things interesting. We should play, next time we have you on, we should play a game like where, you know, we put an object in the background and you have to find it during the interview. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I'm not embarrassed at all. So (laughs) (laughs) that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was super nervous. Like I said, I've been watching you guys forever. And, uh, all the people that have come across your show, um, there's just some really great people, some great technicians. A lot of them I met in Chicago last year. A lot of them I met in DC the year before. A lot of them I'm going to meet, uh, in Michigan this, uh, fall. And I'm going to see again in Chicago this spring. Um, So to see the people that I've met, um, some of them I was afraid of before I met them, because you know how it is, like, you have aggressive personalities, and then you meet them, and they're just, they're not that aggressive, and then you (laughs) see them on your show, and, um, but it's been great kind of learning from everybody out there, and I hope somebody learned something from me, and if there's any doubt in your mind that I was uh, insane, now everybody knows I am, so (laughs) there you have it.
0: Awesome. Giving back to the community and we appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, we'll definitely have you on the show again in the cool. future. You know, when you're a, you know, a national, uh, conglomerate or whatever the next step is, <laughs> we'll talk to you then.
2: We're not going there. <laughs> All right. We'll see right. you guys. Thanks.
0: All right. So, um, before we head out, I just want to give a shout out to our other sponsor. That's a uh, tech blog builder. Um, uh, we've we've written some blog posts for Nathan because he understands the, as he talked about, he understands the importance of good content. And sometimes uh, you don't have the time to continue to churn out that content uh, or you just, that might not be your thing, right? Some folks just don't like you know, aren't into writing and aren't into, into generating content. And so if that's where you find yourself, um, but you still, you know, you want to get those blog posts out there and you understand the importance of it, check out tech blog builder. We will write, um, a certain amount of posts for you every month. The posts are 100% original written for your business about whatever topics you want us to write about. And they're uh, search engine optimized, Um, And we can also post them on social media for you, and we can also create some cool uh, promotional videos based on the content we create in your blog posts. Um, And we do all of that for a super affordable rate. I challenge you to find any place else on the Internet that will give you professional quality, uh, long, well-written blog posts um, for cheaper than we do it. Because like we talk about, we've created great tight processes around everything. We're able to make it uh, very quick and easy for us to produce it. But the result is high quality blog posts for your business. So check that out at techblogbuilder.com. And uh, let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think about this show in the comments section. You can, you know, uh, you can also find links to the stuff we talked about in the show. And you can, uh, you know, say, you know, what you liked about it, what you want to see in future episodes. We're always looking for suggestions. Also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just go to techsitebuilder.com/group, or just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook request access to the group by answering two easy questions and uh, we can't wait to see you there
1: and if you listen to the podcast on itunes be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review we love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others
0: finally don't forget to check out our sponsors tech site builder and tech blog builder thank you for checking out this episode of the computer business marketing show my name is Matthew Rodella,
1: and this is paco lebron
0: saying here's to your success